0: What you are about to hear is an episode of the pop-off podcast also being broadcast as an episode of ninjas vs you as it is a frank discussion of independent filmmaking with fellow filmmaker rj haynes it also marks rj's final episode as co-host of the pop-off podcast but fear not he will be returning to the nlight podcast network very very soon warning this episode may contain harsh language enjoy pop-off slash ninjas versus you. Welcome to Pop-Off. My name is Justin and I'm RJ and today we are talking about independent filmmaking now I know that this one probably isn't going to have the same kind of appeal, probably not the same amount of downloads as we normally would get with Star Wars or with the Avengers or whatnot. But this is gonna, um, this is kind of bittersweet for me, man, because this is uh, something we always meant to get to. Yeah. And last last uh, we spoke, it's been it's been like three weeks since we put one of these up. Yeah. Um, we were like, hey, let's do Lord of the Rings next, woo! <laughs> and, and it seemed like we had all the time in the world. Yeah. Um, we were
1: so young. <laughs> uh, but it
0: turns out uh, that um, with so much going on that uh, the three, four weeks we had left got away and now um, you're
1: leaving, dude. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to Los Angeles, California. Why are you doing that? I'm doing it to uh, to live the dream, hopefully. I don't know. I'm going over there. You're going to be a hooker?
0: Yeah. You you're going to do work for a corner. <laughs> Are you going to dress up like
1: Superman in front of so, the province uh, I mean, Chinese Theater? Who knows where this is going to go. <laughs> wow. Who knows. No, I think I'm more suited to dress up as uh Patrick from uh from SpongeBob SquarePants oh than as Superman. Oh my goodness! Don't I mean look <laughs> I at my Spon- my Bob. shape and <laughs> I mean
0: Patrick. I think uh, you know what? I I think you 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 in in truth you've probably lost a little weight since you since you I, I started. Have, yeah, yeah, thank you yeah, for noticing so. that. <laughs> I think uh, this, is, this li- just became awkward, man. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, our listeners noticed, too.
0: Yeah, as as the song goes, "No homo," um, <laughs> um, which is fine if you are. Yeah, it's uh, fine. It's a song. It's a Lonely Island song. Yeah, I just uh, I like this. So, um, you uh, are going uh, to LA. What is the dream, man?
1: Um, you know, uh, w- w- let's let's start this off right away. I mean, we're both independent filmmakers. Yes, you we can are. Call us both independent filmmakers. And um, I really, I'm a dependent filmmaker. Right. <laughs> And I'm just indie. And um, <laughs> do,
2: do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh,
1: well, you know, I I really like writing, you know, and uh, that whole process of making this film over the past couple of years, I've discovered that's yeah, what and I really dig doing. We've talked about this too. The film is Kidney Beans, right? Yeah. And what's the website for that? Uh, dot dot com, which we just watched. Yeah, we just watched Kidney Beans together. Uh,
0: we just had a uh, a, a pretty in depth conversation about it, about mm-hmm. um about what we liked and and critiques and all that sort of stuff. Um. Uh, And the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned, this is honest, is that I feel like it's uh, I, I feel like it's a it's a great story about something really cool that you did. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, and you get down to the heart of it. I did say that I feel like, you know, cut 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's you know, a long flick right now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, there are places to tighten, but yeah. I mean, that's that's you know, you are going through, and this is a process we'll talk about later, but you're going through the process of watching it now with audiences. Right. And I'm sure that every time, ta- you're starting to learn where the slow parts are. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. starting to learn what works, what does, and it's it's funny, we'll, we'll talk about that stage of indie filmmaking, right, what it's yeah, like, yeah. but this is for anybody who's listening, for for someone who has just completed their first independent film um, for me who i i guess technically i've just completed my i'm just starting my 5th right and my third that with the with my my third professional independent film right. that that has a full expectation not even intention but expectation at this point that it's going to be distributed right so so like a conversation between where you are and where i am and what you know what you're discovering that i have discovered before and 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 you know and both of us realizing that we a know nothing and 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 b um, know everything <laughs> well and b also haven't the one thing we neither of us learned i guess is the is is the lesson that the world tells us which is that we can't do this right yeah you, you can't make you can't do this this is something you can't <laughs> do and we both kind of went what what it's uh, it's fun what do you
1: mean we just did <laughs> what
0: do you mean we can't, we can't do it all the time yeah. um so um want to get into that but uh tell me uh you want to go out to la and write
1: yeah i mean that'd be cool i i i'm moving out there with uh um a guy that worked on kidney beans with me garrett johnson and um uh, I, I like that relationship because we both force each other to be creative. Uh, we, He writes a lot of shorts and I've written some shorts for him. He, SSPfilms.com for all of you comedic short fans out there, check out SSPfilms.com. What it's, does SSP stand for? Uh, Something
0: Strange Productions. So Something Strange Productions, SSPfilms.com. Mm-hmm and there's lots of entertainment there
1: free entertainment for yeah, people all free and tons of sketches he's been doing them since they were in high school skip the high school ones he was still trying to find his stride but now they're they're brilliant all of them are awesome they're hilarious
0: well so. that and that's the only way you get better is by doing it, doing know, it, yeah. doing it. so it's yeah. i mean that's you know where else you can find free entertainment tell me justin at endlightpodcast.com where you can find all of our lovely podcasts which really right now are are three um, yeah. Um. There, the network is going to be undergoing some changes. Uh, coming up. Um, I uh, had a conversation with Phil Stamper, and it looks like very likely the hot mess is not going to continue. But he has got something else in the pipeline. Something We've else been cooking, huh? well. He, you know, here's the thing. You know, I guess this is sort of a this should almost go on Ninja versus you. Maybe I'll double <laughs> post it or something. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, sort of, sort of ha- has. A difficulty, the problem with the hot mess compared to all of these, we record these sometimes two, three in a row, mm-hmm. and then I can release them whenever. Right. But the hot mess was a weekly entertainment news show. So, A, he'd get them to me and I'd get them out a week later, and or B, you know, he can't record them ahead of time because the news changes. You know, right, right. The night Whitney Houston died, he could have recorded the day before all about entertainment, and it would not have been it, something that is releasable right. 24 hours later because stuff is always changing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he's got something very geek-centered in mind. Um and uh we also have another new podcast that we're talking about starting tell me what that's going to be like
1: Right well you know I am leaving this state but I am not leaving the N light podcast network um myself and uh garrett who i was just talking about we're going to have a podcast that kind of follows our uh struggle to survive in hollywood and try to pursue creative uh, careers and it's going to be called garrett and rj go hollywood and uh we're hoping to do it um at least bi-weekly um hopefully more yeah yeah, yeah i yeah, love, love it for to be more content it's good yeah and we <laughs> we really want to explore um explore what it's going to be like out there for us but I've also got a few connections of people in varying uh degrees of success out there so we're going to get some interviews and things like that and any of you guys out there listening who uh are interested in a career in in, in film uh or writing or anything tune in and just see us either succeed or fail I think it'll be entertaining either way
0: well I think this is you know even though Garrett's not here I kind of mm. wish he were actually yeah, that, yeah. that would be neat if he were um, but I uh, I want this to almost be like the first episode of that too. right <laughs> like like we're talking you and I are talking about independent filmmaking yeah. and, and you know this, this is like the episode where like we introduce the guy that we're making the spinoff show for <laughs> <laughs> you know so the, the tone of this pop-up is very different than all the other pop-ups so so you know it's like like ah like, oh, this is the coach for you Kirk Cameron let's go meet <laughs> with my ten daughters I'm just a ten of a doop 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 yeah. <laughs> it's Heather Langenkamp and the girl from Nightmare Four. Lebedu, did you know that? Did you watch Justin? Yeah, that's before you. Yeah, I have no idea what you you're know, referencing. I'm just smiling and uh, laughing. It's a spinoff from Growing Pains. Oh, okay, um, and Heather Langenkamp was in it along with a girl who was one of the main characters in Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Heather Langenkamp played Nancy in Nightmare One, and then the boy in the show. He was the younger brother of their two characters. Was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> so clearly they knew what they're... So the only <laughs> yeah. reason I watched it because it was it had Nancy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah.
1: And what was that called? What was that it was called on? Just the Ten of Us. Just the Ten of Us. Oh yeah, no, there were a bunch.
0: It was pretty. I mean, it, it got a few seasons. It did it really? What was amazing is that just as a side note, a couple of, I, probably a couple months ago now, I was laying in bed, unable to sleep, on my iPad, and and I was I just started looking up the Golden Girls. Nice. And I realized there are like six spin-offs from that show. Really? There's like Golden Palace, there's this other thing, there's a, a like one about there's a show called Nurses and the old lady the Estelle Getty uh-huh. was like in all of them at one point or another. Like as a main character. Every yeah. time one was canceled, she jumped over to another sitcom as that character. So the crazy wacky mom yeah. from Golden Girls yeah, yeah. actually is in like six different sitcoms. <laughs> it's really crazy. Look it up sometimes. Um but uh you um so so you're going out to to be a writer and and that is is what's the ultimate goal like if if, if you could have your your wish 5 years from now if you can quantum leap 5 years forward which you can't do. You can only go in the past Quantum Leap. I know. Don't get on me, um, <laughs> fans. Uh, but uh, that would be a good pop-up to do, actually. Um, I, I'm just thinking, man, oh. Yeah, yeah. Is anyone other Quantum Leap fan want to co-host a podcast with me? Because my partner's leaving. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, motherfucker. <laughs> um, there will be cursing in this podcast. <laughs> Ass fuck munch. Um, get it off. So get it out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> angry. And I've had some Jameson. Um, so uh, what... Like, what is ultimately your, like, if you could go five years in the future and go, that's what I wanted, yeah what would that situation be?
1: You know, it'd be sweet to kind of regularly uh, write on spec, like write spec scripts uh, that I could sell. Because I, I like writing, have, choosing my own material. And, I mean, I know that's a really... uh Crazy dream. I've also been thinking recently. I would really dig to write for television or That's, web series if or I, something like that. If I had a dream
0: to write in L.A., which at one point I wanted something like that, I don't yeah. longer, But it like to be able to write for like long form, long yeah, form, yeah. hour long drama, um, you know, that would be that. So I'd,
1: you would go, you would go the drama route and not the comedy route. Um, I, I, I'd want to be like, I honestly
0: just want to be like Joss Whedon as is yeah, yeah. as as the way mm-hmm. I'd want to go. Is I'd want it to be. You know, it's all mixed. In all the best ones are mixed, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife digs Friends, mm-hmm. um, as much for the comedy as for the the melodrama. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and Buffy, I dig as much for the melodrama as the as comedy, the, but know. it's a comedy as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that the things that do it well are the things that mix them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think long-form television is right now, right now, the best audiovisual medium out there mm. going like with Battlestar and things like that. Those it like just, that, just yeah. doesn't get better. Mm. So, so TV and spec
1: scripts. Yeah. Yeah. Do you See, have a plan? <laughs> What's your plan? <laughs> my plan, my plan. Uh, I, that's a tough one, man. I don't have, well, a, I mean, where does one start? Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I've got a, a few connections. Um, like I said before out there and, uh, I don't know uh, varying degrees of success and things like that and whatever. I have a I have a cousin out there, um, James Kenny. He's a singer. Check him out. I don't know what the website would be, but James Kenny. He was on X Factor this year. Actually, got pretty far. Um, Really? So yeah. Well, James has been out there for a really long time trying to make it as a singer. And uh, what we've all our whole family's learned about it is you can get a lot of pretty awesome leads, but sometimes they just don't go anywhere. You know, it's it's honestly like a right place, right time. So I'm going out there with a few connections, but. Uh, no really high expectations not expecting anything to be handed to me It's gonna go out there and I'm gonna try to make opportunities for myself um, So we'll see how that goes uh, just write like crazy try to find a uh, maybe a, a decent nine-to-five just so I can pay rent Yeah, um, and then just do what I love to do the rest of the time
0: I had a friend who I have a friend who's still out there named Tom Antonellis actually and he He said to me once that the way to make it in LA is to stay there
2: mm that's what yeah. he
0: said. He said he said that what happens there are a lot of a lot of people who are there in year one, and then a lot of very angrier and and slightly more arrogant people who are there in year two. Yeah, um, who just like ex- I, they get to the end of year two and they're like, we expected it to go further than this. Right. So, but he said that 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 at least he wanted to do production at the time. He's now doing comedy. He's really 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 funny. Huh. Um, but that by year three. Um, he 's actually the reason that all my movies say a motion picture by and i won 't say film oh right really? because it's he one, at one point I said i wanted to, that I, the one thing we 'll talk about what I just showed you, but when I showed him that, he said well that 's not a film. it was shot on video mm. he said you didn't never have to worry about film stock you didn 't have to worry about about you know he said, he said the option the way you shoot a video is so different than the way you shoot a film Yeah, yeah. that that when you say that you 're doing a film you 're talking about cutting and you 're talking about you know chemicals and you're talking he said "He said there's a whole other aspect you're not thinking about Mm -hmm. he wasn't a dick about it but he was just like he was like you know i would be careful about about calling it a film because some people will be dicks about it right and ever since then i've started just going emotion picture by yeah yeah um so anyway side note um (laughs) but he's been out there for a while and now is you know sort of you know starting to make his way um, or at least he was last we checked. Maybe he's not there anymore. I don't know. Um, but I have a you know a bunch of friends out there that you know you just struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle, and it takes these connections, these right place, right times, usually take a few years right. to build up. Um, and usually the people who've been there for like two years never get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just really interesting. It's like you know when you go and you lo- look at George Clooney, right? Wouldn't all actors love to go out and be George Clooney? Yeah, yeah. And you go realize that this is a guy who was on the facts. Of life, yeah, <laughs> and it was canceled. No one ever knew what happened to the uh-huh. dude, you know. And 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 you 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 see that you know Matthew McConaughey was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Four, mm. and you know, and you just see like all the like the shit that people had Have to, to do. Through. Yeah, and, yeah, and you look at the the years on those, yeah, and you go, there's there are these very 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 lean years for a while. That mm-hmm. you look at people's IMDb, and yeah, you go, yeah, they were in some shit, yeah, before finally. You know, it took off.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. Maybe that's why, you know, we dig success stories like uh, Robert Rodriguez or Kevin Smith. Two guys we're probably going to talk about during this podcast is just because they didn't have to go through that. They went through some shit like they had to go through the shit of independently uh, shooting a film, you know, and that's like that's enough uh, difficulty right there. But maybe we enjoy those stories because of this notion that it could happen. Like, it could happen without having to stay in L.A. for three years and be a waiter or something.
0: Sure. But but on the other hand, I mean, like, even looking even looking at Kevin Smith, right? If you look mm-hmm. at him and you go, it's easy to go, you know, Cinderella story. Right. But the fact is, is, you know, here's a guy who, who it was, you know, a couple of years after he finished Clerks. Right. And he had to go to a bunch of festivals and was rejected, was even rejected by the Weinsteins. Yeah, yeah. Until finally they got a second look at it and, and they dug it and then was given a second film. And it was Mallrats, and mm-hmm. it failed. Yeah, yeah. And really and, and 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 it got a better rap. And he, I mean, this is a guy who was given a millions of dollars of budget mm-hmm. to make Mallrats, and then was basically after its failure was told, "We're not giving you that anymore." Yeah, here's you know, he's able to scrounge together enough enough money. I think like three hundred thousand to make Chasing Amy. Jeez, yeah. which is where he then showed how much he'd grown and how much talent he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's only after looking through the prism of Chasing Amy and Dogma that you can go back and look at Malrats and go...
1: And see the... Yeah, and yeah, Actually,
0: this is kind of... There are parts of this that are kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You just got to look past the parts that are very amateur. Goofy, yeah. Um, right. And and so even then you go, that that's a... We're talking a seven, eight-year process before he was... That's true. The that's true. Kevin Smith. Yeah. You know. He was a guy who'd made a couple of movies, but I mean, outside of the, you know... He and he did have some money. They were giving him millions to make it. Yeah. But I mean, out outside of the studio system and the kind of more money he had, he was no different than let's say I am. Mm. Like I've got two distributed films. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can get my films on DVD. You can get his on DVD, and nobody was seeing either of our films either way. <laughs> um. But it was it was on the third film where he really you know showed his stripes and chasing Amy you know thrust him back into the artistic limelight right. and then. You know, from then on out, he could do what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there were there were times that that homeboy there had to struggle. Yeah, so that's true. Even what we consider to be Cinderella stories are, you know, there's a lot more details that went into it. Yeah, yeah. well, I read if there's a book an independent filmmaker should read, is a book called Rebel Without a Crew. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, I'm sure you've read it. Sure I read it.
1: I read it right before we started production on Kidney Beans. Actually, and, and if
0: you read the the legal shit, yeah, that that Rodriguez was going through trying to get El Mariachi sold, and how you know the bet he was. I mean, his career was made by a sales agent like his sales agent if you read there's this whole thing where like his sales agent like he almost just got like accepted this terrible deal and his sales agent started a bidding war for him yeah and and you know and through that he was able to get what he needed to do to make desperado and even then he was given the opportunity to make something it's not like they said hey you get to go be robert Rodriguez now they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like
1: here okay see what you do with let's some see money. See what you do with a little yeah. bit of money
0: and see what goes on and we'll see what happens yeah um so even then, he had to prove himself. So, I mean, it, it could have gone a very different way. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so, so, so to answer, answer your question, that's what that's my plan. That's what I'm going to do out in Hollywood. To be Robert Rodriguez. Just be Robert Rodriguez. Yes, that's good. Just blow up. Shit.
0: <laughs> and have people <laughs> walk away slowly from it. With yeah. Gas cans explode by them. Um, or, or make kids' movies in your garage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, which he does, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Spy that's Kids true. three, I yeah, think. Yeah.
0: The, I think most of Spy Kids three was done right on a green the green screen in his garage. That's
1: awesome. I those flicks are fun, man. You I, just got. I saw you just got two, right? Is that was that the one that you got? Oh, in that
0: oh no, 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 sir. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, no. Um, my son, my five year old, uh-huh. is a Robert Rodriguez fanatic.
1: with Between uh shorts and uh, we have shorts. Uh, what nobody, I... nobody has shorts. Oh, yeah, yeah. nobody knows shorts
0: exist. We just saw shorts last week for the first time. How was it? I wanted to. I it's wanted good. To it's it. really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Shorts. Um, we have Shock Boy and Shock and, and Lava, Lava Girl. Girl, or so as yeah. I like to call it, Team Jacob and Lava Girl. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh. And we have all four Spy Kids movies. Nice. Um. And we saw Spy Kids four in the theater. Nice. And yeah, no, it's it's he's obsessed with any film made by Robert Rodriguez. Now that's awesome. He's, he's a big Sin City fan. Um,
1: what? <laughs> kidding, kidding. It's a great, great kids film. Yeah, Sin Kidding. <laughs> it's a comic book movie, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's got color. Kids like, like comic books.
0: like are fine. It's got, it's got Frodo. It's good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's that's what you're going to be going to do. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I look forward to that podcast. And oh. There. Now you know you're on the Unlight Podcast <laughs> With the buzz. With the buzz. That's my other co-host. <laughs> yeah. When you leave, it's
1: just going to be me and the buzz. <laughs> and the buzz.
0: <laughs> what do you think, buzz?
1: And the buzz totally doesn't find you funny. It's not, not a very good sidekick. <laughs> Damn it, buzz.
0: <laughs> um, uh, so, like, in terms of indie filmmaking, uh, we uh, I just watched uh, your first film. Yeah. It's way better than my first film.
1: we we watched your first film we watched my first film too
0: Um, and I give you my impression of your your first film I feel like there's that that it's really good that there's there's good stuff in there that there's cutting uh, cutting to do but that's you know that's the phase that we're going to talk about at the end Um, but what uh, what is like what has your experience been so far like with having made the film you just had your premiere right yeah we had
1: a we had a premiere for it uh, I guess it was a couple couple weeks ago and um It was awesome. It was an ideal audience um, at this theater. We had uh, like probably two hundred and some people show up. Um, Sweet, yeah. Charge admission? Actually, no. We made it perfectly, completely free, but took donations for film festival entries and things like that. So, did you make some money? Um, I did. Yeah, we made. Yeah, did you sell DVDs? uh, we did not I didn't have DVDs ready and um, I don't know like like we said there's still some cutting to do and I didn't feel comfortable distributing this version of the film. Um, the audience was kind of like our guinea pigs. Uh, yeah. For it, and it was it was an awesome experience. We got laughs at jokes that I had forgotten were jokes in the film because you watch this stuff over and over again and you like totally. you get completely disconnected. And so it was it was awesome to get that feedback. Um. And, you know, people cried. I mean, there's like a bit of an emotional ending to that flick, and people cried in the theater who didn't know me or the story it was based off of or anything like that. So that was a really good feeling that I upset people. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I try to do every day. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was. I hate cats. (laughs) That cat looks so disappointed. Yeah, yeah, Spike's looking at me like, what are you doing? What do you (laughs) mean? Yeah. But it, it was a great a great experience. And uh, my cousin, uh, whom one of the characters is very strongly based What's off What's the story? Of, that you okay, tell the we'll story do that. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You got me. The suspense is killing our listeners. Um, Both so, of them. <laughs> you and me. The story of Kidney Beans uh, is loosely based off of an actual event in my life. I donated uh, my kidney to my cousin when I was in college. And so the story of Kidney Beans is um, two cousins who are very different, two different guys, right, um, undergoing uh, a kidney transplant and going through all of the t- testing that goes along with that. we also kind of getting to know each other for the first time. Um, so that's the story of kidney beans.
0: Um, and, and you did that, right? You, you gave, you had a, a cousin that needed a kidney yeah. and you, I have all these medical questions that I wouldn't want to ask you. That I don't know that much about I I mean, I, I'm in the medical field, but I don't, do kidney transplants a lot but i that's not what this is about um, <laughs> pop off on kidney transplants <laughs> they were just doing Star Wars and now they're talking about kidney transplants I thought this was a movie podcast. um uh but I mean that's it's such a personal story it must be very hard for you to to like have to change the story for cinematic reasons yeah and which, also yeah. as a filmmaker to maybe cut parts of the story that were real because they weren't cinematic
1: right yeah it's it's interesting because um I don't know. Uh, we did add we did embellish a lot because we had to to make it more interesting um, and add some drama and some conflict. Um, but it, it it was a strange experience altogether, because even though I was kind of getting disconnected from the source material because you're shooting it like seven o'clock or like six o'clock in the morning or sometimes four o'clock in the morning and it you just it's it's grueling and so you can't help but get disconnected um, but then every once in a while the younger cousin who's loosely based on me is uh, wearing my backpack or something like that and yeah. all of a sudden that connection comes back in or there's a very heartfelt converse- conversation in the film that's very serious to a, re- a really close to a very serious real life conversation that was had and that was emotional for me to watch and um, it meant a lot that my cousin Brian was able to come and watch the movie at the premiere he had been pretty involved in the whole process and um, yeah I mean I mean, he he dug it and w- told me he was also reminded about a lot of the uh, things that actually happened. So I don't know. In a way, I, I want a lot of people's approval, but the approval from Brian and his parents was more than enough, I think, to uh, justify making the flick.
0: Um, I also um, am having a major independent film thing happening for yeah, me yeah. right now. Um, uh, four days ago, uh, we started production on Ninjas vs. Monsters, um, which is
1: also big we're both having big things yeah, right now that, another reason why we couldn't get together yeah until now um, a podcast.
0: yeah and really why like when i release this i'm going to get a lot of shit for having <laughs> gotten together and done a podcast because there's so <laughs> much to do um but i mean this is you know a- as you know rolling into production even even on a on a on a drama is nuts to go here we go and go yeah yeah and it just becomes it's it's hell it's awful yeah you have to
1: establish that workflow that hasn't quite been perfected yet yeah
0: um so uh so let's go back to to let's make this you know what we're we're now 24 minutes in uh we've gotten very personal everybody stop listening (laughs) so for those of you who have listened and stayed with us what uh how do you make an independent film rj uh, How do you do it? Where do you start? Uh, you start
1: with uh, with the script. How do you make a script? Well, for me, just start writing in Word. <laughs> you could. Um, I use uh, screenwriting software. What do you? What software do you use? I use Adobe Story. Adobe Story. I use. Uh, I think it's pronounced Celtics or Celtics. Or
0: is it? Is it another freeware? Yeah, it's yeah. a free one. Um, um, Adobe Story is the same people who do Premiere, and right. actually, we're recording on an Adobe program right now. Um, uh, and uh, and everybody knows Acrobat reader of course right. it's a free software that won't be much help to you on, after April because after April um it becomes paid but it's uh, oh. it's an online software and you write you write it online and it's stored online so you can go to it from any computer that you want because I think a problem they were finding is that people would want to write like people the the industry standard is um, is final draft right um that's what everybody uses and and the reason that you want something that works in a particular way is because in the right formatting approximately one page will equal 1, one minute, minute right. of your script um with proper of of the ultimate film when it's done and the proper 40 min- formatting they discovered for that was was what final draft did mm. um and then there are a lot of other programs that did it the reason i like this one is that because it's stored online i could go s- to another if i were on vacation i can work on right. that com- i can anywhere i want to go i can go work uh, on it at any computer i want so that's why i did that what is what about yours Celtics or Celtics yeah i
1: <laughs> yeah i really like the program i mean it's uh it's easy to use and um I don't know. I'm sure they're all pretty similar yeah. as far as features. Go. Very different than when
0: I when I wrote my first script because you couldn't find there like weren't a, software a bunch yeah for there it weren't a bunch of freeware. I mean there was Final Draft, but that's like it's like three hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that yeah, was nuts. Um, so you write a script. Um, uh, did you use any format to your script? Did you did you use the the three act format and yeah. this beat has to go here, and then you have to have this, and the reversal is here, and yeah. then this.
1: I've I've actually done a lot more reading on the uh, subject with some pretty awesome screenwriting books since I wrote Kidney Beans, but I knew the basic, the basic standard. Did, did you, uh, you read
0: screenplay? Yeah, yeah, Sitfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And also, uh, just a good shout out for a really good book on writing, writing super strict uh, beats for your film. Uh, Save the Cat. Have you heard of this? No. Blake Snyder, I believe, is the uh, author, and unfortunately he's passed away, but he was, well, self-declared most successful spec screenwriter of all time, and uh, he sold a lot of family films to Disney. Some went straight to video and things like that. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Blank Check, do you know that movie? No, but... He might have been too old when... No, I I mean, I, I've heard of it, but yeah. I haven't seen it. It's like a super family-friendly goofy, but that was his genre, and he knew how to write a script you could sell, and so he had a very strict formula, like... Every five pages, he has this very specific beat you have to hit. And um, what is that beat? Well, I mean, each one's different. You know, like it's all there's this instead of just doing like the three act setup, those are broken down into like ten subsections in within each act, pretty much. And it's a little too strict. Like as a writer, you feel confined. Yeah. Like why do you want? Why do you want to do that? (laughs) Yeah. It's like he's writing your script for you. Um, But it's still. It was a fun fun way to look at things and i might my next my next script i write might be experimentally strongly based off of his let's uh, see how advice. it goes yeah because i'm curious you know that'd be a fun experiment to do yeah yeah so i would recommend that book i mean you're not going to agree with everything that you read in there sure. but uh really good read and easy read too he writes really well
0: um so uh so you start with the screen you're you're uh your script um i would say that generally if it's your first independent film i would say it should be bet- your script should be between i would say make it between 100 and 125 pages yeah yeah um because that'll make your film between 100 and 125 minutes yeah. and then expect to cut a lot 10, yeah. you know 10 pages yeah yeah kidney uh, bean
1: script was right on 120 and yeah. it was stupidly close to what the uh, uh, runtime of the first cut was Yeah, like it it's so accurate it's so bizarre
0: yeah, and well, and and the other thing is, for me, it's like I, I, you know, in order in order to be labeled a feature, you need I think you need to be what seventy eight minutes or longer, That's something like that, um, in order to be labeled a feature. But really, they want to see eighty nine minutes or longer. Yeah, um, uh, and. Than if you're over two hours and you're an indie film, unless you're spectacularly amazing,
1: yeah, and people just are engulfed in your plot or something, yeah. Um,
0: also, uh, also, so you that's how you write the script, how long the script should be. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the advice that I have to people, I mean, it depends on your genre, um, but for me, I would go write, uh, you have two ways, you know, three ways to be successful, I guess. Uh, way one is porn, um. Don't make porn. No. It's nasty and it's not very nice. It's not and, very creative. And people get treated very badly yeah. in that business and you know and it's And they're all predictable. And you and and you wise. you ultimately gotta end up being like fairly unable to look into somebody's eyes and like have empathy for them. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I, I wouldn't want to make that ever. Mm. So so where do you go from there? You either um have to make it... Uh, you have to decide whether or not you're making an independent film or if you're making a B movie or, or mm. specifically, they cross, but um, whether or not you're making a film to go stri- straight to distribution because of the subject matter or you're looking for a film that is going to go the festival route. Right. Clearly, you are making one of those kinds of films Right. Right. and I am making the other. That se- Yeah, that um, seems about um, right. Um, I didn't realize when I made Ninjas vs. Zombies that I was making the other. Mm. Um, I was making an independent film. Right. Um, my film was clerks with a zombie twist you know that's what ninja vs zombies was meant to be and i you know when i chose the subject matter i wanted it to be you know ninjas and zombies and all that fun stuff and and be silly and funny and violent and ridiculous but at the same time you know i
1: wanted to have a very indie vibe that's so i you know i didn't i guess we've never talked about that but that's so you're saying by the time vampires rolls around You're going for something different. Like, you get it. I knew what I was doing differently. That's actually, that's noticeable watching the two films, actually. The first one was Clerks. The first one was meant to be like Clerks. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was all meant to be about me. It was about to be being disgruntled, becoming 30 years old, and being disgruntled with your life not going as you thought it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. And then having an outside force, basically, wish fulfillment, and you get to go fight a battle and be, you know, be more than you could be. Yeah, yeah. It's the Peter Parker story <laughs> for Dante and Randall in clerks <laughs> too. <laughs> nice. And then that's, that's specifically yeah. what it is. Um, and what I realized, um, when I went later is I, is that it's very, very, very hard unless your film is incredibly quirky mm. to get noticed, um, in the horror genre in a legitimate film festival. Right. Um, unless you really have a twist or your film is absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. which the ninjas versus zombies is good i like it it's yeah, fun yeah. it's not incredible it's not you know the people don't walk away from it going holy shit
1: that's like nothing i that, ever that has yeah. changed
0: my life right, right you know or that was the scariest thing The ninjas vs zombies is not the most anything that anybody has ever seen mm. it's not the dumbest it's not the worst it's not the best the scariest the funniest the most enlightening it's not it's very it's pretty good yeah at all of it but it's not so unless you're really really you know what clerks was is it was it was daring and it was you know very, very, very good at this thing that it did, yeah, and that got at its attention. but you know i I didn't realize that that I tried to make it all. It was all different things. Had I shot the entire thing on on a camcorder and made it incredibly scary and bloody and insane, yeah, then it might have actually done okay in legitimate right. film festivals.
1: Well, this actually brings up uh, a point that we should probably hit next. Yeah. Is, since you're doing this independently on your own, raising your own money, you have to write within your means.
0: Yeah, well, I want to. Yeah, I guess I want to talk about that. The reason the the reason I'm mentioning all these things about festivals mm-hmm. um, and what you're doing at the end is that. You need to know what you're writing, yeah, and why you're doing. It. If you're making a film because you you desperately want to just express yourself artistically and you have the money to do it, um, do it, go, man, yeah, yeah. And maybe something you know, maybe something amazing will happen to you. Um, but if you're taking other people's money, you know, somebody if you're getting inv- especially investors now with Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, um, you can go another way and and not necessarily have to pay anybody back right and you can do things for artistic reasons but if you're taking investor money you know these people expect to be paid back so when you're writing know what you're doing why how you're intending to get your money back Um, because if if people have invested in your film or if you're maxing your credit cards yeah you know if you have your deeply personal story to tell make you know aim for the festivals and if you don't then aim for you know direct distribution because it's going to be really hard without a really good hook or a star yeah, to yeah. get that distribution unless you are either and here's where I get very specific children's or like fantasy horror or dark horror um or um or something very genre specific you have to be niche yeah. in, in order to get that especially at our level you know my, my the new film is costing $15,000 to make yeah. you know at that level if you're if you're under let's say under $150,000 for your film then then you have to either go niche or you have to go art. You went art. Mm. I went niche. Um, mm. I didn't realize what I was doing the first time around. Second time around, I realized what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm just going to write for what I'm doing. Right, right. Um, so when you're writing, know what you what you did. Know- and
1: wh- I, I think something that's important to point out is a lot of people could hear that and be like, uh, I don't just associate it with selling out or compromising your art, but the beauty of it is is you figure out how to express yourself within those confines and that becomes more challenging and more impressive. Would you ing- agree with that? Like, well, yeah,
0: I mean look if, if, if your desire is to is to tell your story in any way you want then go tell it however you want. Yeah, you know, what the fuck do I know? I mean, I don't know but but ultimately you're going to it's going to get sold one of two ways. Yeah, Yeah, either through direct distribution mm-hmm. and directly being picked up or through a festival yeah um you know unless if it's at fifteen thousand you know if it's under a hundred thousand dollars and you don't have a star yeah, yeah you know if you give it to if you give it to a sales agent, a sales agent will and will decide what those things are, and maybe they'll take it to festivals. right, so you certainly you don't want to sell out and festival bait is not necessarily what you want to make because mm-hmm. a lot of people make festival bait yeah and, yeah and and if you do sell out especially especially if you're doing festival movies, if you're doing an artistic movie, do not sell out mm. because when you do, you will fail. Yeah, yeah. Be as artistic and awesome as you can. Mm. But just know what your audience is is gonna be. Yeah. Um and you're not going to get into Sundance, most likely. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sundance is not an independent film festival. Not anymore. at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I dare you to go to Sundance and find a movie that doesn't have a star that you've heard of. That's true. There will be one. Yeah, there will be one. There will be the one that they let in. And Slam Dance is like that now too. It what used to didn't be, used to be. Yeah, it, it yeah. was the alternative to Sundance, mm-hmm. and now it's for the films. Sundance is for the indie films that only cost five million. Yeah. And Slam Dance is like for the indie films that only cost seven hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, so when you finally look at 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 all of that if if you're where we are then then you're very likely making an under 50 which under $50,000 yeah. you know indie film and if that's what you're doing then then you know getting noticed can be hard it's not impossible mm-hmm. by any stretch but i mean when is the last time you listener saw a movie that was made for under $50,000 that was not either some amazing festival film you heard about or a horror film yeah like when's the last time you when's the last time you saw one? I, I couldn't other tell than you. the ones we just watched because we know each other. <laughs> um, so when you're writing, just kind of know that. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you say write within your means, that's one of the things that um, I think it was that's the way Robert Rodriguez came up with. All he goes, Mariachi. He, yeah, yeah, he he writes down all the shit he has.
1: Got a guitar, turtle, and a bus.
0: Yeah, and he goes, I'm going to ride around having those things. Yeah, um, and I think that is also a a really kind of brilliant way to go about it is is, you know but again that is selling out that's the definition of selling out (laughs) you know if you have a bus and you're writing because you a bus because you have a bus yeah you've now changed your art to make something as cool as you can based on what you have but here's the thing do sell out yeah ultimately making a film is selling out. i
1: honestly think when you're when you're stuck with a small budget and very limited talent pool if you're not making those compromises, the film will suffer. It doesn't I think it doesn't even matter. Well I think you've a huge budget. I think when you're when, right. you're when you're
0: when you're James Cameron and you want to tell the story of Ferngully, you know, which is what Avatar is. Yeah. You know, and you want to push the technology forward and that's what you have to do, you know, but your name is James Cameron and they expect you to do action, I don't think he cares that much about that anymore. Mm. Yeah. I think that if it we're up to him, it would be all 3d shots of pandora and then talking is talking about how we need to do better with the planet, planet yeah, yeah, but yeah. but he knows he needs to put butts in seats
1: yeah yeah so i think ultimately it's all
0: see and the thing that, that it's it's all it's all about is you're selling out to your audience no matter what you make exactly it's all about because you're
1: making a product too you're making yeah. something you're trying to sell and yeah what, what i dig about having these limitations is or if not
0: trying to sell trying to get people to see to see and in, to, and and, and yeah. be on the same page as you
1: yeah well, the, the thing that I dig about having these confines is it's kind of daunting and overwhelming to sit down in front of your uh, screenwriting software and just be like, the world is my oyster. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's, actually, I'm, I'm the other way around. Are really? you really? Yeah. You dig that? Well, it's and I have that freedom more
0: now than I used to right, because yeah. I, our, our, our effects guy, I, I can really come up with almost anything. And, and he go, can do it. It's about, as a matter of fact, as far as effects, though, in terms of... You know, I want to be at the White House. I can't do that, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't necessarily... I mean, I would love to be shooting this in medieval castles because I can go to Scotland, you Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but I can't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I think confines are are helpful. Mm-hmm. And and look, as an artist, if, if you were an artist, would you, and it was just you, indie filmmaker or person listening, and you wanted to make a film, you know, it, would you want to draw on a sketchbook, on a canvas, or, you know, for your first time with no money, would you want to you know do a mural the size of the size of the empire state building you know no of course not you you know so confines are helpful because you know you can make your art fit it yeah um so okay so then uh you raise money how um how did you get money for kids (laughs) I, i mean if you don't want to tell me yeah yeah i
1: won't go into too much detail about the budget um
0: don't tell me what the budget was if you don't want to don't tell me names but tell me uh, basically how you came across the money to make it
1: well you know i decided i wanted to make this movie right around the time i graduated from college okay and so not only were people giving me money as graduation presents but they also knew this is going towards rj's first movie yeah and so i got donations from friends and family members and that's solely what went towards it and then i was working at a uh, bookstore at the time and all my paychecks went into the film as well pretty much because i was also living uh at home with my parents and not paying rent which is also a good advice for any wannabe filmmakers out there move into your parents basement <laughs> save some money and film it write it all in your parents basement too <laughs> I,
0: I was lucky that my very first film was financed by two major financing corporations mm. visa and mastercard <laughs> um <laughs> they they gave me extensive loans <laughs> on plastic yeah um, that i continue to pay back yeah.
1: today <laughs> um at twenty two percent, so the 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 stuff you got back through the first distribution deal didn't even come close to covering your credit card debt. Huh? I
0: would say that 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 is something I can't go into. Right. Okay. Um, suffice to say, the answer to that question is is a decided no. No. Right. <laughs> it is a decided, <laughs> unbelievable no. <laughs> I'm so poor. <laughs> um, uh, and then, uh, vampires was inexplicably, we got another credit card, <laughs> um, but we did it differently this time around. Right. Um, that we had, uh, you can listen to all of it. If you go to uh, ninjasversusyou.com ninjas versus you.com and my, one of my other two podcasts, mm-hmm. um, I talk about how we, we raised money through Kickstarter, which is, which is a way to go now. Yeah. Um, where you basically, you set a goal and then you, you die a little bit inside mm-hmm. every day yeah. as you beg the world to give you money to it's meet tough, the goal. It's tough, right? Yeah. Um, I would say any production problems we're having now is because I lost 45 days to dedicating my life to Kickstarter. To Kickstarter. It wasn't huh. good for me. It wasn't good for my health. It wasn't good for my marriage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good for my kids. Yeah. It wasn't good for the production, but it did get us what we needed. Yeah. So if you're going to be doing Kickstarter or Indiegogo, let me say definitively to you it needs to become plan for it to be your life Mm. it's all you can do you can't have someone else do it you're the only one who's going to be passionate enough to do it for your film so it's going to be your life yeah set it aside now the other way to do it of course is to get investors neither one of us did that Mm. um i could have i was offered investment money for vampires or for uh monsters okay i was offered a significant amount of investment money for vampires or for that for monsters but when you do that you don't control the film. Yeah, it's not yours anymore. Um, uh, I had one person say that they could get me uh, like three times what I ended up getting. Wow. And and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then that person started going, "Here's what the film will need to have. You will need to have one minor celebrity." And they named the celebrity who they could get. Oh no. And I way. was like, well, I don't, I don't want them yeah, yeah and the film must start with this kind of shot a crane shot opening here was like, what a strange i don't specification. want to. Yeah. It was, no, they were they were dictating shut they started going we're not going to tell you how to make your movie but <laughs> here's your cast but here are all the things here's <laughs> your shot here's what it needs to have it needs to have at least one scene they were like it needs to have one scene of nudity of at least 20 seconds <laughs> um and you know all three of the films have a brief flash of nudity in them um because it does be being able to put that on the box yeah sells copies yeah um but in you know in the case of these films we like we made our each time decidedly non-sexual decidedly non like very like we're talking like literally one second um and not exploitative that was like those were our rules yeah it has to be Usually a joke. In the third one, it's actually something that really serves the story in a dramatic way. Huh. Um, but uh, in any case, it's not more than like one second glimpse. Yeah. And that this guy was like, "Nope, twenty seconds. You need a <laughs> twenty-second tit shot." And you know, I'm like, you know.
1: So Twenty well, seconds of uh, need a nipple.
0: Well, and the thing is, ultimately, you know, if someone is holding the purse strings, and the way that they wanted to, that this person wanted to do is like, so what's going to happen is it will go through me. I will be credited as producer, uh, and you will receive checks. Oh. Um, and and every week we will you will get a check for X amount of dollars. And I realized what they were doing is they were going they they could at any point halfway through the production ask for something, and if I said no, you don't get that check. They could cut you off. Yeah. <coughs> and. Then where would you be? Then where would you be? So it, it's for me, it was giving people control over the production. Yeah. Now I'm not saying don't do it. That's how most independent films are made. Yeah. You know, um, the people get investors. Um, I'm very much into getting the money back for my investors. So when they were like, make it for for fifty, I was like, but I think the movie I can make for fifty won't make any more money than the movie I can make for fifteen. Right. I was like, I don't feel like if I made it for fifty, yeah, it would probably be better, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't make any more money. Yeah. Um, the marketability isn't going to jump until I can get a star. Yeah. yeah. And other than that, there's so I, why would I spend 50 if 15 is what I can make it for? And it was hard for me to justify that to everybody else making the film who's like, somebody's offering you 50? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? Because I don't, I don't see the, as from a business perspective, yeah, I don't yeah. see, y- yes, I would be able to make a better film, but I don't see the, the, the financial benefit. So right, that, right. So
1: that's the money
0: thing. Uh, and then you have to, I guess, decide on your equipment. What did you shoot on?
1: Um, we shot on uh, the uh, DSLRs, Canon t 2 eyes is what we used.
0: Now, the, oh, So you did the t 2 eyes? Were they yeah. 1080 or those are still 720s, right? 1080s. Those are 1080s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have the next generation. I'm doing shooting on the 60D. Yeah. Which is- Beautiful camera. It's, a, it's an amazing yeah, camera. Yeah. Um, you should see the- sh- Well, you saw the shots. Yeah, I saw you, your shots. You, yeah, the yeah. listener, should see the shots. Yeah. It's, if you thought that- If you watch zombies and vampires and went, well, vampires is pretty much better than zombies, this is- Quantum leaf is not even the word here. It yeah, is huge. the next fucking step. Yeah. Um, uh, DSLRs is a great thing to shoot on. Um, that's what everybody's saying to shoot on. Here's some things to keep in mind for DSLRs. Your kit lens is almost worthless. <laughs> um, its uh, It's got something called an f-stop. The f-stop on your lens is, is is essentially the lower the f-stop, the more the less light it needs to get a good picture. Right. Um, I, I would not want to shoot on anything that had an f-stop lower than, than three. Um, and the kit lens I think is like 3.5 to like five. something. Yeah, yeah. Um I got a 50 millimeter prime, which, uh, I'm not shooting on as much as I wanted, especially for the action mm-hmm. because one, I know somebody else is shooting on the 50, uh, prime Two, Um, I got a, uh, there's a great lens that it's not as good for fo- photography, um, Canon makes the best lenses for Canon for photography. Nikon makes the best lenses period for mm-hmm. photography. Um, but this isn't photography. you're shooting in a much less detail than your average picture. Yeah. So the frame of a movie, a 1080 frame, is like a, like a, a tenth of the resolution of, a that, that, uh, of the photo that you would get. And so I'm not worried about the lenses being spectacular. The lens my go to right now is a, uh, is a Tamron. Uh, 17, uh, 17 to 55, hmm. 17 millimeter to 55. Uh, uh, and the f-stop stays constant. The problem with the zoom lens is that as you zoom, the f-stop goes up. So when you zoom in, it gets darker. Yeah. Um, this film stays constant no matter what you zoom to. Nice, nice. So you never have to change the lighting or the aperture, which the aperture is the f-stop. You never have to change that based on how you zoom. Is it right? So what's nice is that I have a 17 millimeter lens. Or I have a 50 millimeter, millimeter. Or I can go to 35 because yeah. you're zooming to what you want the lens to be. Right. And you can get that lens pretty much within this zoom. It's not as good. And photographers will tell you, why would you do that? It's not going to be anywhere near as good. The image is not going to be anywhere near as clear for what we're doing. Yeah. You know, especially if you don't have someone, you know, a professional's you know, director of photography, which you might not if you're low budget, yeah. to 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 get, you know, uh, like the correct focal length and stuff, you know, with with you know, math and measurements and stuff, which <laughs> I don't, you know, my DP is good and he actually cut, he can do all that stuff. I just don't have time for him. 30, yeah, yeah, Um, this Tamron lens is my, a go-to for me. It was I think it was about four hundred dollars. Mm. Um, the Canon version of it is like nine hundred, mm. and is slightly better. It's better. There's no yeah, doubt yeah. that it's better, but it's only. Slightly better, yeah, yeah. So, I'd, I'd say the Tamron 17 to 55, it is an f2.8. Now, my 50 millimeter is an f1.4, mm. which means I can shoot in the dark, right? And have it look good. Some of the awesome shots I shot, we should, yeah, it yeah, was it's just a with um, Uh, and I would say if you want good, harsh directional light, um, I would go with I have a uh, get an LED tree because mm-hmm. it works really, really well. It is a nice, harsh light, uh, and it's very it it's very stark, but if you can take another led on the other side and throw a diffuser on it and do a nice fill. Um, there's lots of stuff about lighting to get right there. Yeah. Lighting
1: you know, is something I was not involved in, in kidney beans at all. Yeah. It's I was a, not a lighting guy. You know, it's for, you know, this
0: all, it all costs money. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to is you have to come up with stuff. Um, Amazon, eBay is great, but buyer beware. Um, cause sometimes you won't get your shit. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Ex- what what's also good this seems goofy, but this is how we were able to shoot kidney beans is I had friends and connections. I borrow I borrowed all of our equipment from sure, a close yeah. friend of mine. And also, um every friend of yours that has access to an interesting location, all of a sudden that yeah. can yeah. be a location in your movie.
0: Totally. And, and things can double for things. Now there's there are some issues in the films that and we'll talk about my I do want to I do want to talk to you about my early stuff. Oh, heck yeah. Film. Um but you know, certainly you know for most locations you need to get releases in and stuff like that and it's you know if if you can't get a hospital don't write a hospital if you can't get a doctor's office don't write a doctor's office yeah you know um uh but you can like like use what you have um you know and and don't have plain white walls if you can can (laughs) avoid it um but at the same time you know uh in the case, for instance, in um, in zombies and ninjas versus zombies, the base I shot a lot in the basement where we are right now. But my basement is covered with Star Wars paraphernalia everywhere. Yeah, it all had to come down. You can't have logos. You can't have pictures of yeah. other movies. It's not fair use if you put it up. Yeah, if you're in a if you're in a in a magazine store and a People magazine's in the background, you don't focus on it that's fair use you were in the location that's what was yeah, there yeah, it wasn't but there. the fact is i decorated my basement right so i star wars posters are on purpose mm-hmm. and so um one thing i did do is i hung up some blankets some like red blankets here and there um uh and that's sort of what i did i just i needed splashes of color because otherwise yeah. i just you know so you know there are things like that keeping your frame but the lighting thing is is something i'm just kind of starting to learn about right and you know i just thought about all the things i just said about f-stops and stuff i so, i sound a little bit like I you know what i'm talking about it's weird <laughs> it's like the idea of switchable lenses is weird to yeah. me you know um uh I, I did did you go to see any of kevin smith's talk talky things that he does uh see it live yeah no never he did one in dc and i went to go see it and he i actually got to talk to him and give him a copy of the movie which was cool nice um but uh one of the things he told a story of when he did Cop Out. And uh, and saw, this is on one of his DVDs. Yeah, too. and and yeah. and how and how um Bruce Willis looks at him <laughs> and says, "So what are you going to be shooting me on?" And he's like, "Uh, well, Dave, Dave the the you know he knows, uh, Dave, yeah. what are we going to shoot on?" And and Bruce Willis goes, "You you don't know what lens you're going to shoot me on?" And he goes, oh, "I I'm not not sure." And, and Bruce Willis goes, "You've got two jobs. One of those jobs is you know what fucking lens you're going <laughs> to shoot me on." And that's you know that's. It's kind of true. It's not as hard as you think. It's it's a weekend of of looking up things and yeah, kind of yeah. figuring out how to work. But it's really it's really worthwhile to know. You know, ultimately, film is not theater. Film is not you write a script, you put actors down, and you record them and tell a story. Film is is first and foremost a visual medium. You're right. People are going to be spending their time looking at something for two hours. They're going to be staring at something for two hours. Yeah. And you're giving them something to look at, and you must the thing you're giving them to look at must. You're also giving them something to hear. And that needs to be engaging too. But the thing that they're going to look at well, has yeah. to be engaging, and that's that's one of the things that that I discovered from the first to the third movie that I make is I'm really trying hard to keep in mind colors and shots and yeah, you know yeah. get, you know telling the stories visually as much as I can. Um, but it's still hard at this level to just go because it's still just like I throw a pink LED back there. And the blue LED, isn't this a cool shot with all that pink back there? Yeah. People are going, it doesn't make any sense. Why would there be pink Why back there? Because <laughs> it's there, because it's cool. Wee! <laughs> um, so, getting your equipment is that. What happens next after getting the equipment?
1: I mean, I guess it's odd because the order of events, who knows how it all works, but I audition? Would that be your next move? I need
0: crew I got my crew next. My crew okay, my crew, crew. my production team. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, how, how you said you had a, a DP, a director photography actually
1: two guys. Yeah. Uh, doubled up on that. Uh, I had one locked in a close friend of mine. I won't name names. Um, and for various reasons he had to drop out of the position. Unfortunately, this was two days before our first day of shooting. Wow. Um, and two of the guys that had already been involved with the script and everything who were going to be a part of production, but didn't have the title of director of photography, both took the mantle and that's Garrett Johnson and Eric Ronsky Okay. Um, so that was how our crew was formed everyone else was uh, friends and acquaintances yeah. uh, that came and uh yeah i i, I had ver- uh, undefined jobs for everybody pretty much that changed on every shoot um so maybe that's not the best way to go about no that.
0: it's uh, but that's how it has to roll you yeah. know
1: i mean you're and these
0: people are volunteers I mean, Right, mean exactly. so um, i w- i guess the best way to look at it is, is is you have to think about it like theater and when you go into a theater when you go and watch a play um you're looking at a set someone built that set the yeah. lights that are on there somebody designed that lights the costumes people are wearing somebody built those costumes yeah. the the blocking which is where people stand somebody figured that out and it probably wasn't the actors Yeah yeah um uh the um the music that you're hearing and the sounds that you're hearing somebody came up with and designed that and those people had people helping them yeah and then there's somebody who is was the play is running called the stage manager who is who is off on the in the wings on the side who is directing what's going on on the stage and the director is watching the show to tweak from show to show yeah um, or at least during rehearsals to make sure the show is exactly what it needs to be and you have someone in the back an assistant stage manager that is basically running and telling all the actors what to do because the stage manager is on the side of the stage watching the play and there's somebody operating the lights in the booth and there's all these people that you never see when you see a play when you applaud and the actors point their hands out toward (laughs) you they're not saying how great you are audience they're pointing to the guy in the sound booth yeah because of how good they are doing um and so when you keep that in mind you know a lot of people feel like oh i'm gonna get a camera i'm gonna shoot people you know with my camera and i'm gonna do auditions but getting your crew you know you need someone to hold the camera if it's not gonna be you In, in my case i won't let go of the camera um. Uh. That's why it's a two camera shoot because I got a DP and then yeah, I shot. You yeah. I shot my stuff too. Yeah. Um. You're gonna get a uh. You know. Uh. Guy to run sound. You do not use the sound cam. The, the sound on camera. Every move you make is gonna be heard. Yeah. And the one thing that won't be heard well is the actor. <laughs> it means you got to have somebody with a boom. You have to get a shotgun mic, which is a mic that can only get things in front of it. So it's basically a long stick that when it's pointing directly at someone's mouth it sounds like this and when it's not it sounds like this Yeah. so right now I'm speaking I'm the same I'm next to my mic right now I have not taken my mic farther away from my mouth at all it's just pointing in a different direction and just by turning it toward me the whole thing changes and that's so you need one that, but there needs to be a guy to do that while you're hold the boom, well, mic, hold no the boom time, no. mic you need to have someone called a PA production assistant to go make sure that everything can get you the shit that you need to get when yeah. you need to get a, a gaffer who makes sure that the lighting's right and that there's not too much you know you're not blown going out somebody with too much light I mean yeah, there's yeah. there's all these all Lots this shit that 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 you need so I'd say something your crew to plan everything out ahead of time Yeah it's all, important And also to help run auditions because it's very easy to get myopic in your cast Oh my gosh yeah Um talk about your audition process
1: Um we auditioned through a local community theater um and I've done shows there Yeah <laughs> and uh we got about oh we got about uh, 40 mom, or 50 people. My mom works on the board there. We, yeah. <laughs> so go on. We got about 40 or 50 people to come out, which was cool, because it's not a huge cast. I mean, we've got a lot of extras, but the cast of Kidney Beans isn't massive. Um, and it was it was odd. I think I talked to you about this. Is We posted it in a local newspaper and posted it on the website of the Community Theater, and those things got reposted to various like yeah actor websites, and sure. I was getting emails from SAG actors. Well kidney beans was going to be a strictly non-union let's, show let's talk we, about what this means yeah let's talk yeah. about sag a little bit um from an actor now now you ki- should you should address it well <laughs> I'll, 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 the
0: elephant in the room is that I'm a member of SAG. yeah yeah um it shows uh, <laughs> great thank you um but the uh, but the the downside to it is, is that to get myself to basically do a cameo in my second film, it was just paperwork, 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 yeah. paperwork, paperwork to prove that I'm not ripping myself off.
1: Which we should be clear, like it's important that there is a, a union, a Screen Actors. Yeah. So, Guild. OK,
0: let's let's even go back a quick, a yeah, quick yeah. review of what the Screen Actors Guild is. It is a union for actors that protects actors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing is, is it is it is relatively unfriendly to really really small productions and the reason why is because when sag was created this didn't exist yeah you couldn't do you could not make a film for under a million dollars because yeah. you had to shoot on film mm-hmm. um, and what was happening is that out out especially in LA uh, people were shooting TV and film and the uh, the like, like very famously the voice of Snow White died penniless now think about it yeah that's wild. Disney made every success Disney has ever had is based on the bazillion dollars they made on Snow White mm-hmm. and the actor who, who voiced Snow White got nothing nothing huh? so the idea is SAG make sure that actors are paid as professionals um, and that they're not a they're not abused that certain rules are followed um, and that uh, and that uh, ultimately the actors get if the film is very successful the actors get a piece of that and um, and that is very important. That is really Th- That important. is very, yeah. very important in large productions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it, you know, very famously, you know, that uh, Leonard Nimoy was in another country at some point, saw a picture of Spock, him, right. being used in an inappropriate way. He was able to call the union and get it taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's there are people who were, you know the SAG productions I've done there were some issues uh, the other I didn't have any issues but another actor had an issue a legitimate issue called the union and did didn't talk to the director about the issue or the producer didn't you know didn't say that they were having a problem just called the union the union called and said hey I've heard that this is going on this needs to not happen right and then the 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 union is meant to be you know if are, they're they're meant to be the 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 your heavyweight boxer in your yeah. side you're your enforcer mm-hmm. and that's what they're there for as an actor um but the fact is 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 that as indie filmmakers we got to push a little harder yeah you it's know, it's harder
1: for us to meet those standards
0: we can't meet those standards they're, yeah. they're, we we are not you know we can't just do 8 hours a day we can't pay yeah. we can't you know, you know we only have 2 days a week to do it we yeah. you know, we're not corporations we don't have the money to do it and that being the case, we have to sort of operate a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got the money, if you've got the money to use SAG actors, and uh, first of all, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast to find out how to do it, um, because because you shouldn't. Uh, yeah. um, but if you have the if you have the money to use SAG actors, do um, it's an am- it's an amazing union that supports really amazing people that will give you the best possible work. You'll, yeah. They'll come onto your set, and you will know they know their shit. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, um, very likely you don't. So, uh, you can't kind of go halfway with it. And SAG is a very,
1: did you consider going SAG? No, not even for a second. Cause once I got educated on the subject, um, there was just, and you know, they, they're getting more lenient. I actually got some emails from some SAG actors that were like, just to let you know, there are some loopholes and I don't remember specifics and stuff, but there are ways to get a SAG there's actor the, without paying them. Sure.
0: There's the, there's the micro budget, right? Um, um, but there's, there's still a lot of paperwork to do. Exactly. And um, there, there's if, still
1: standards that are tough to reach.
2: Uh,
0: the, and somewhat, I mean, even then the, the, you know, they bend those slightly and the mm-hmm. actors, you know, will work with you a little more and. And But there are other things. You still have to send production reports and stuff to SAG. And, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be able to work with SAG. Right, makers, yeah. But they also treat you like they are giving you a privilege. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you need to be able to, you know, this is, you know, I guess we're not even talking indie filmmaking in, in my case, and it looks like in your case, too. We're talking guerrilla filmmaking a yeah, little bit. Yeah,
1: Um. So that is. And also, I mean, going back to attitude-wise, um. I'm sure on your set and on my set too, you're surrounded by people who are working really, really hard and not getting paid at all. You need them to be stoked about it. You, yeah. can't, you can't have them thinking that they're doing a favor for you. You have to have them in the mindset that they're doing something awesome that everyone's getting into.
0: Well, and that's, um, you know, we were just talking about auditions and, and there, it, I talked to you before, there's at least one actor who did a really good job in the audition room in front of me mm-hmm. that we considered for a role. That we did not cast because of how they behaved in the audition room,
1: right? And that's yeah, the attitude is so much yeah, it's so big because
0: you're going to be with these people and under really difficult circumstances. Yeah, I mean your your cast and crew are going to hate you by the end of your run. Because you're the one, you know, they're You're going to keep them till they're not having fun anymore. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, that's true. You know, the, you that's at, really in true. hour four, they'll be having fun. In hour eight, they will have had fun and be ready be, to be done. Yeah. But you need them there till hour twelve. Yeah. So saying the same friggin' lines you know, over and over again. You will be using guilt. You'll be using anger. You'll be using threats. You'll be using guns. You every well no no no. <laughs> no. My my guns are all fake, Um, but you'll be using everything sort of under the sun because you need you you don't get that location again. If it's not right, you know, if it's not right, that's it. Yeah, you can only use what you have. So it's, you know, it's as a filmmaker, you're frantic because you're like, you're like, I'm here in this location. I can never be here again. Yeah, I will never. If something's fucked up here, I will never get to come back
1: and i mean this goes back to that attitude thing about you know you explaining how how rough it what what a rough position it was to have that kickstarter account and berating people to give you money yeah that feeling is going to continue as you have this guilt that people are all they are you can't deny they're doing you a favor especially if you wrote it and you're directing it you
0: have a dream in your head you sat down at a keyboard and you were the one who said yeah you know aaron gets covered with blood you know yeah when you're having to throw blood on aaron (laughs) you know and an actor is cold and you're doing it in 30 degrees and you're you know you know that yeah the people are
1: suffering to make your art happen yeah and Uh, you you have to be grateful to them and let them know but you can't constantly be acting like they're doing you a huge favor or else nothing will get done yeah you can't be polite about it you know
0: yeah and so it's i mean it's a tough road to hoe because they they can quit anytime yeah um (laughs) and they do (laughs) um and and it's it's tough it's 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 really hard and and in both of our cases people that you care about yeah and and That's tough because Mm -hmm. you you know every single cast member have even my brand new cast members I love them they're awesome they're amazing I mean these are really cool incredibly I have incredibly talented people now involved and 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 they like like you you want them to be happy yeah and you can tell they want to leave but you know what's going to happen is that if when the premiere comes they're not going to like their performance yeah if you don't keep them just a little longer yeah yeah and it's just like it's so it sucks it's a sucky place to be to not not just be able to go oh we'll just pick up more we have all the time in the world to get this one scene right because you do like two pages a day in a hollywood film yeah you know (laughs) and here you know you know i i was just saying this last the this last weekend i did you know four action scenes in a day and a half
1: jesus yeah in
0: a day and a half with with prosthetic makeup and
1: blood and <laughs> stunts and special effects and fog yeah. and you know like it's nuts and it's it's not fun that's the other thing we look back fondly on these things but when you're there like you're, it's exciting and you have certain like waves of excitement yeah. that go through but at the end of the day you're not having fun you're doing stuff and not getting paid for it
0: you know the only time I really smiled and mm-hmm. uh, I, I in the first weekend I was actually maybe a little more depressive than I should have been because uh-huh. um, I started being like really uh, yeah you know I it started showing on me I started getting a little limo mm-hmm. but the one time I was ever sort of smiling and 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 stuff was when I was uh Showing people footage, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Look at this! That's good. This is so
2: cool."
0: Dailies are big. Um. So uh, so that is that is um that is that. So you do auditions and then you move uh into what's called pre-production, which though you know I don't.
1: Did you have storyboards? We started out with storyboards. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's how we are
0: too. Like we are. We have an, an amazing storyboard artist, uh, Tom Shalemi, who who is, runs a comic book store, and and he is storyboarding the film and it's it's really good and and by the end of the shoot though it's just like no go do it again do it again, go 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 mm-hmm. go, go do, it, do it you know it's it's yeah. how it's how it goes you have to again we talked about the whole crew you need to get together you need to tell them what you want you need to get costumes props yeah. you know
1: especially for you i had the luxury of having my story take place in a very realistic subtle world yours is exciting and big and you've got costumes and you've got creatures and you've got action. I can't even imagine. I want to kill myself just talking about it. <laughs> that sounds miserable.
0: Um, It is sometimes. It's also really cool. I yeah. Mean, well, again, you like, I'm out there. I'm in fantasy land. I mean, I'm out there. just like, <laughs> like, how can I not look at the wolf and just go, holy shit, <laughs> that's awesome. our, our, our makeup guys are just, uh, and ladies are, are just, it's, it's just, incredible. I saw yeah, the it's footage. Amazing. It's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It's incredible. Um, uh, but uh the is still in a realistic place though. I mean, I'm sure you look at your film and you, you see places where you're like, You got a hospital. Mm,
1: you
2: know? Yeah and
0: that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I wish I couldn't I work at that hospital <laughs> and I couldn't get that hospital if I tried. Yeah. Um I mean that's astounding. But at the same time, I'm sure there are times just like there are for me that you look at places and you're like, I was not able to get X and so yeah. I just had a room. Yeah, you know, and that's a room, you
1: know, or a parking lot. Or yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> you know, and so ultimately, you 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 have, you know, there is always that. There is always what can I get? What you know, you got in a school, you got a computer lab. You yeah. got you know, you, there are things that are that I couldn't get if I wanted. Yeah, um, and that would be you know that that is something to to consider. You have to do so. That's all pre production, and that you know, for me, we took you know six weeks of pre production, mm. um, and then you go into production.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me. If let you me, could see the face I'm making right now. Let me throw this little philosophy out there that I kind of, I it's I felt this way when I was doing student films in school, yeah. and then it was it was just solidified during kidney beans. Is I love writing and I love yeah. casting. I love dreaming about the movie, and so I love editing. I love editing as well. So here's the, here's my philosophy. Writing is creating the story, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all you. Production is fucking that up. You shoot out of sequence. You have to. Compromise like we've been talking about Production is fucking it up Editing is reassembling it And fixing everything And Ooh. that's why those two Those two Writing and editing are fun And productive Whereas production is destructive Yeah It's like it's mis- For me it's miserable no, Yeah Like you'll have glimpses of You know an actor really killing a scene and doing it really well. and But usually that's clouded by, oh my God, these airplanes won't stop flying overhead. Uh, and why can't we get the... We're shooting next to, to Dallas? Right?
0: We just shot a weekend next
1: to Dallas. We did too. Yeah, Kidney Beans, yeah. we had to shoot next to Dallas. Oh my God. I mean, isn't that miserable?
0: Uh, we were in Ashburn. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. It's the worst. And so even those... Wonderful moments in production are overshadowed by yeah. the shittiest circumstances. <laughs> uh,
0: well, uh, so we were. So we have uh, one of our witches is practically half naked. Mm-hmm. We're shooting at night in winter. Yeah, it's thirty degrees out. Um, you know, I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> uh, God knows that she was never complained once. Yeah, never said the never said the word cold. Nice, not once.
1: And if you're gonna make an independent film, you need to involve those people. Yeah, you need to involve amazing people if you yeah. don't know amazing people i don't think you can make a feature-length yeah. <laughs> film um
0: so yeah so you you go into production um just real quick you know it, it's film school 101 uh you get your you you get your establishing shot showing the location so everybody knows where you are mm-hmm. you get a uh a master that takes uh that uh, is ev- absolutely every single person who's talking and fitting them in the same frame mm-hmm. you do uh You do uh, two shots uh, where you take – you just kind of go from left to right to everybody in the room where two by two you have two people in the frame at the time. You do uh, single shots, uh, close-ups with people in frame – uh, and each one of them speaking, uh, depending on where they are in the room, they should also be there in in your frame. So if they're standing in the left hand side of the room, you want to make sure they're in the left fr- left right. frame. If you're there on the right side of the room, you make sure they're right of frame. Right, right. Um, then you have your over the shoulders, which is uh, the person they're speaking to is in the right hand uh, corner facing them, and you can't see that person's face. And then you have them facing toward you. Um, and then there's, you know, when you're dealing with DSLRs, there's something called depth of field, mm-hmm. um, which is where uh, if you look at um, at films uh, like professional films and TV, you'll notice the person talking is in focus, but the background's slightly out of focus. And mm-hmm. what's closer to you is slightly out of focus. The only thing that's really in focus is the person who's the talking. the subject, yeah. The uh, stuff behind them uh, is called bokeh. 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 B-O-K-E-H. Maybe mm. it's bokeh. But it's, 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 yeah, and that's, you know, you... You want that to be you know, kind of as photographic and cinematic as you can. Right. Um, and so you get all of that and then there are what's called cutaways um, where if somebody's picking up a phone, you want to show their hand grabbing the phone yeah. and bringing it up. And those, I mean, that's, that's the nuts and bolts of your scene. Yeah. Um, so it, why
2: storyboard?
1: You got, um, <laughs> you got it all figured out. <laughs> well, if, in a
0: talkie film, you know, it's it, the reason that, well, I guess maybe storyboarding is even more important. Yeah. Because if you only have eight, those, you know what, eight shots I just yeah. named, it's going it to get noticeable. really dull, yeah. really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, so you want opportunities to do dolly shots, things that move, Yeah. you know, if, if the scene's getting more intense, you move one direction, you, mm-hmm. you know, there are ways to evoke, you know, you know, the feeling of loneliness or the feeling of fear or or the feeling of feeling small. These are things that a good photographer knows how to do. Yeah. I'm not a good photographer, but I have a good photographer and a good storyboard artist mm. all working with me. Yeah. So they help me do that. Um, uh, and that's what you do uh, for weeks on end as you torture people.
1: Yeah. Uh, that that phase is all a blur. I remember very little about production. It's not a blur for me right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure right you're now, in it. In I it. really shouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. it's,
0: it's, it's like, <laughs> if you weren't leaving, there's no way we'd be doing <laughs> this. Um, but it is. It 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 is. It is brutal. Brutal mm-hmm. is the word. Yeah. It is just. It's like going to war. It's. Yeah. it's I mean, minus all the heroics and death. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is. It's just. It's. It's a nightmare sometimes. And. And you really feel like the bad guy every day. Yeah. I, yeah. I that's very Every day true. of shooting, I walk away feeling like I am an asshole. Yeah. I, I hate I hate what I have to do. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also walk away feeling very proud of the other people. Mm-hmm. I do feel an, an actual pride yeah. of, of how other people have done. So there is that. And that's nice. That part mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. Um, so, and then from that, you do that for weeks on end. And then you go into? Post-production. Post-production. And- this was this was intense for you. For me, it took about almost a year, almost um, a year, which post- is weird production. because Ninjas vs. Vampires was a three month post post production. Yeah, um, so. and it's it's very strange. I I I wonder what the
1: difference was. Maybe I, maybe in a drama you can't get away with as much. Um, yeah, we definitely had a few continuity problems. Our biggest thing, as you know, was just audio. We had audio problems because I mean, all the guys on my team, we all took like. A course on audio in college, and that yeah. was it. Like we, we didn't have anybody until later on. Uh, we didn't have anybody on set who was uh, awesome with audio, and then like an angel opening the skies from heaven. Eric Messick joined our team for the last few days of production and became our audio post production guy.
0: Well, le- luckily for me, before I was before I wanted to be a filmmaker, I wanted to be a musician, so I've right got on. I've got an ear for it. Yeah. So I, I will not shoot without headphones on. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing headphones. While I'm shooting. shooting, yeah, I'm listening for planes. I'm listening for buzz. I'm listening for yeah. clarity in the tone of people speaking and stuff. And even then, man, even then, it gets fucked up.
1: Yeah, audio. I mean, like, it's stupid. It's one of those things. It's it's unfair how important audio is. How how noticeable bad audio is, and how unnoticeable good audio is. Well, like, is really it? I mean, audio? I'm sure
0: you read the same thing that said that that said that uh, you can have the cheapest film in the world with good sound. And people will forgive it. Yeah. But you can have the best looking film in the world with bad, bad sound, sound and, and people will not forgive it. And
1: I have a feeling like even people who couldn't pinpoint it, who couldn't be like, oh, there's a lot of buzz in the back of that. Yeah. Just it, it takes you out. It yeah. takes you out. And it's it's frustrating how important that is. And that's a lesson that I think every filmmaker who hasn't already invested time in audio has to learn
0: there's there's i think it's sennheiser has has a good shotgun Mm. hunt like hundred and twenty dollar mic. yeah you put that on a on a fifty dollar boom for a hundred and seventy dollars um get a good long shielded xlr cable for Mm. another like 80 bucks so you have a good long one um and and if then you can run that from a boom if you really need to you can you can go down to an adapter that'll go directly into your dslr but you won't be able to listen right um but you can go and we went into and we're going into an external audio recorder yeah, and then splitting zoom. the sound the sound out. Yeah. So it goes into the camera and into my ears. Mm. And we're doing my only problem is I keep forgetting to hit record on the zoom. Oh, yeah. So but luckily we're going into the camera. So we're okay. Right on. Um, But we are going, it's still the same sound that I'm hearing in my ears is the same sound that's going into the
1: the camera. camera. Interesting. That's an interesting setup.
0: So at the very least, I kind of know that that is, that what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. is what's going in the camera. camera, And so I can keep that in mind. But even that, man, I mean, maybe the reason sound was such an issue for you is because our film is has got a wall of sound almost all the time. It's always music going on. Yeah. There's there's effects. There's you know there's tons of yeah, sound. Yeah. So shitty sound. We have entire scenes. We have entire scenes where there's no onset audio used. Mm. That everything's added afterwards. Yeah. So we don't have to fix this out. the sound. Yeah. We, we make we create the sound. Yeah. In, in the studio.
1: Yeah. And we, you know that's something we had to go into. Um, you did, did a drama, do, so yeah. We had to do some ADR uh, yeah. for a, a few of these scenes, and that that's
0: hard that's hard very hard. seems like it would be much easier than it is it, it just, yeah it really does the it's actors changed. performances change yeah like they really do we we have one actor who whenever he does adr can't stop talking really clearly hmm. so he'll be on the set and, and he'll he'll be like i'm coming to get you right now and then we'll get to we'll we'll get in i'm coming to get you right now <laughs> no can you yell it i'm coming to get you right now <laughs> he goes on radio host no, like on you like you like you did <laughs> I'm coming to get you right now <laughs> It's just it's just like stop, come on. Um but I also have fixed things in ADR too. I've actually changed what people said. Really? I've I've actually like had them start to move their mouth like they like they were going going, you know, my mother's here mm-hmm. and and you know I show the beginning of what they're saying and then I cut someone else and you go, my main man. (laughs) You (laughs) You just start with a mime and then you cut away and (laughs) it's just ridiculous.
1: That's awesome. Awesome, Um, awesome.
0: When I do ADR, you know what what I've started doing? What's that? Is I've started um, getting my shotgun mic and doing my best to simulate the environment the, where I right. was. Yeah. So instead of having someone talking to a mic like this, mm-hmm. I've actually, especially in ch- room things with a room, I'll sit someone on a couch and put the the mic on them and do ADR that way. Yeah. So that it doesn't sound like this. Because yeah. a lot of times but the problem with ADR is the sound is so good that it, it doesn't match out. the yeah. sound that's you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Hell. And so post production took you longer than writing and directing the film
1: not combined but um, almost but almost yeah. yeah and it was weird i got a rough cut pretty quickly um because w- like i said i l- we both love editing so yeah it kind of that uh inspiration lasts a little bit longer than it does for sure shooting um so yeah i i got a rough cut pretty quickly and then it was just a matter of tweaking and fixing glaring problems and we had a composer who was composing based on the footage i was yeah. giving to him and um yeah, we just we had a lot to do, <laughs> a lot to do. And so, after post production
0: is done, uh, you watch the movie, mm-hmm. and and you have your premiere, and then it's all done, right? Right. Yeah,
1: movie's finished. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm, I'm still working out what the next chapter is. Yeah.
0: Um, well, you just had the your first experience um, uh, watching. Uh, I just watched your movie with you. What was your experience sitting next to me watching the movie?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I've had this situation set up with like. Other yeah. people too, I hate it. I hate yeah. it, I hate it, I hate it. I loved it in the theater uh at the premiere because everyone they 're friendly to you the, they 're friendly, they, and it 's also in the environment where like if one guy laughs at a joke, then thirty everyone, other guys yeah. catch on, you know, and so it 's just it was a much more impressive thing but it's it's hard to watch a comedy or a drama or anything and try to gauge a response for a single captive audience member, yeah. you know? It's it's tough. Um and plus I I've watched so you, sick of this movie. Do, do
0: you learn about the film watching it with me?
1: Um, I learn more from our discussion afterwards. I can't gauge there's no way I can get anything from your reaction while we're watching it.
0: I would say that the most telling thing for zombies for me, I was in love with Ninjas vs. Zombies uh-huh. until we got accepted to the Appalachian Film Festival. Hmm. And we were a featured film. And so we went out excited, all of our cast members. Awesome, and, that's and, so cool. And well, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we go there and we sit through everybody else's. We're the big one at the end. We're the like the the coup de gras. Yeah. Um, and the room is filled at the beginning with everybody. Oh. But they are all the other filmmakers whose films are you know. And as the audience starts to thin, we have about maybe twenty people left in the audience when zombie starts. Still okay. Yeah, twenty is an okay crowd. Some really small room. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then people start walking out during the film. Mm. And then you realize when they're walking out and when they're staying. And they don't know us. They don't even know which ones we are. Yeah, They haven't introduced us. They're going to introduce at us afterwards. afterwards. right? There were eight people left when the film was done. And and a lot left at one particular time and things I thought were fun. Suddenly, this was the first time I watched the film with total, absolute strangers. Mm. And I realized the parts of the film that were slow and the problems that the film had. Yeah. And and all of a sudden it becomes very clear that there are scenes that are long, mm. long, 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 long. And I was like, I'm gonna fix this in Vampires. And then I made Vampires and I was like okay I fixed it it's yeah, awesome yeah. it's so awesome and then the reviews come out and you know that's one thing you'll probably have to face eventually yeah and not all not every viewer is kind yeah people are mean um, some people are really kind um, but I got to the end of Vampire, and by the way the end of the story for ninjas is that I cut 20 minutes out of the film yeah. so the version on DVD is much better than the version that was out everywhere else mm. but I made vampires and it did pretty well I get, a lot of people really 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 liked it um, but there were occasionally people who'd come to me, and I didn't understand who would go, "I kinda like zombies better." Hmm. and I would be like, "How could you possibly, yeah, what are you talking about and and i it wasn't until I watched during the Kickstarter campaign I did a bunch of screenings of vampires, yeah. um to raise money for monsters, and I realized the problems with vampires, hmm. but it took Watching it in a full room, a room full of people who didn't know me. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't have any reason to like the film. Yeah. Who were there to see a movie. Not there to see my my movie. Yeah. But to see a movie. And as soon as it it wasn't that it was my movie, it was strangers watching. Yeah. Then I could tell what was working, what wasn't, what killed, what didn't. And the scenes where suddenly you can hear people starting to mumble, Mm. people start talking, they start texting. They, (laughs) you know, and, and it's like you realize where you've lost people. Yeah. And, and, it's i think that before anybody goes and even tries to seek distribution they should set, try and set up some kind of screening yeah. somewhere of strangers yeah, yeah a focus group basically mm-hmm. to go what do we think and to get honest reactions yeah yeah because that's the only way that you're going to make your film better um and i wish i had done that before the end of vampires because there are things i would tweak mm. not change not huge things but things i definitely would tweak right right mm-hmm. um so, uh, and then the phase after that, of course, is the distribution phase. I've talked about that on Ninja versus You, um, getting a sales agent and all that. Maybe I'll talk about that more eventually. But that's you know, that's a whole other universe yeah, uh, yeah, when yeah. it's done. Maybe I'll do another podcast on that. Yeah, one day. I, w-
1: I would love to hear that actually.
0: Um, but uh, boy, I've been talking so much, and I think the reason why is I've been kind of delaying this moment. Um, uh-huh. Kidney beans is not the only movie we watched tonight.
1: Yeah, we uh we watched uh deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil was the title of that that uh, cinematic venture. Uh, oh, we boy. watched uh, Justin's first first film. It was uh, thirty seven minutes long. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. <sighs> All shot on VHS and edited yes. on VCRs, right? Um, well, it was
0: uh what's well, called the insert editor. Okay. So it's uh it's it was a single machine designed to edit oh, right VHS on. video. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you just uh. You had a VHS tape in the right side of the machine, a VHS tape in the left, and you could shuttle left and mm. back and right and forth on the one on the left, and you could choose the clip, the in and the out of the clip, and then it would move it over yeah, and then you could go to the next one, and so it could it you could do lots of cuts. I mean, yeah. you could it it wasn't just having two PCRs. You could really do lots of cuts. Yeah, but once you had done one, it was locked. Like it, it was locked. If you went twenty minutes into the film, you couldn't then go back and change something and just scoot the whole film back. Yeah, yeah. Like once you made a decision about a scene, unless you're going to go back and erase everything after that moment, yeah,
1: you're done. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, we were talking about this earlier. What's interesting about that flick is because. You had to edit in sequence. Um, you even pointed out yourself. You got. You became not only more confident, but you your understanding of edits and cuts grew as you were editing the film. So if you watch it, uh, the quality of the editing.
0: You can watch it, by the way. It's on YouTube. Is it really? Yeah, but you YouTube? have to search for it. You have to really know what to look like. I yeah. think. I think you have to look up end light. E n d l i g h t. I think you have to look at, like that and like the word deliver. Mm. Or Tim Payne, my name, T-I-M-P-A-N-E, mm. and like deliver evil. Yeah. You have to like deliberately search for it. Yeah, But yeah. it's there in four parts,
1: and it's awful. And here we go. <laughs> it's, you know what my favorite part of the whole thing was? You you um, you um act in this. You act in this film. And, well, first off, you look I, exactly I, the same. I, I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if the word act really produces. You appear with, in this. I appear in the film. <laughs> and a lot of it is, a lot of the scary parts are you doing voiceover and what i think like you're actually doing a decent performance like you know you got chops but the least intimidating thing is popping peas (laughs) when you're close to the the microphone you know it's funny that the the
0: the fact that you would say that on this podcast, yeah, which is just p- podcast, p- p- which is podcast. all we do is pop peas Cause we're, we're just lounging back. You know, I put my foot up on the table. <laughs> we have like half eaten sushi and, and I'm completely naked. You're, you're completely <laughs> naked. Completely naked. <laughs> I know, see? Sticking to the yeah. leather couch. Yeah. Um, So, uh,
1: gross. I wish you wouldn't do it. Thank God you're leaving. It's a, it's a, it's an audio art. It's theater of the mind. Sanitize every day after. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it's,
0: yeah, go ahead. I just talk.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it was brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah. it was something it was fun i mean you were also pointing out how earnest it is and how how serious it is i think that's a mistake that a lot of first-time filmmakers especially young ones Wanna make do. well you know similarly an equally frustrating thing is people pulling punches and going like oh i'm gonna make this a really goofy comedy with my friends did you run into that at all at school is like people would almost make it too goofy because they were afraid they were like oh there's no way people are going to take this seriously so oh i'll just go the goofy route oh Perhaps you don't understand. Uh
0: I didn't go to film school. Right, right. This you were was, just making films I was just making school.
1: a movie. There was no film
0: school. Right, right. There was not a film program. Nobody had ever done this. I was at St. Mary's College at the time. Nobody had ever oh, done right, this before. Right. Yeah. There wasn't a program to do this. Yeah. Well, at, um,
1: at our school, there were People two...
0: couldn't make movies. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's a, it's, I mean, like I said, different world though.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at, at, our, at my school, at uh, James Madison University, I was in the SMAD program, and the two different types you would see are things like yours that are way too serious that kind of- tried to go outside of the means. We were talking about yeah. your own limitations, tried to go outside of the means. But at the end of the day, you can only shoot within a dorm or like a classroom yeah. and that you need to stay in those limitations or you'd get the ones that are just like, Oh, we're just going to make it a joke. Like something that would be good as like an online comedy short or like a digital short on SNL yeah. or something like that. And we'll just go that route and not have the danger of people not getting into something we we have to say,
0: you know? Well, it's, it, what's interesting, I think is that, that the digital, like, they they would be funny in that it was so unprofessional. Is yeah. what I see a lot in, in those things. Yeah. Like he just said, we're not going to bother trying to make it look good. Yeah. Um, uh and mine was earnest mine was also incredibly violent yeah, um yeah. everything i make ends up
1: being incredibly yeah. violent like, i like i like yours because every every single um violent response resulted in someone spitting up blood yeah, uh, you <laughs> know what uh, you should see the clips it's the same thing <laughs> it's the same thing i also have a lot of women get hurt in my movies yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's really odd um, a straight up fist fight in fact did you use sound effects in that scene yeah yeah that's yeah. the only fight scene you have sound effects in and it just makes it that much more brutal just suddenly there's this like, big guy like <laughs> backhanding this chick and you hear
0: Koom. oh i like the one she tries <laughs> to get up and he just like bam <laughs> but ultimately she does kill him ladies yeah. so you know that's the but i mean that's the horror that's the horror thing right is it, it's it's ultimately you you have the 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 woman is the one who's being vic- victimized who then uh, ultimately defeats her. Right, right. Her, you know, the person, of, like it starts with Nancy Thompson, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. and ends with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly, the girl who played the character in the girl with the dragon tattoo was also Nancy in the remake of the of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Dude. Mar- uh, Rooney Mara, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um same, same thing. Interesting. She yeah. wasn't very good in Elm Street. I heard she's very good in in. Drag oh, drag she! Oh my God! Yeah, um, really good. But that's the thing is that that's that struggle in a horror movie is always you that know, standard. Yeah, 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 the standard. The, the bad guy after the girl. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah. I mean, it's. I I think in terms of of a lot of indie films and especially a lot of indie horror films, there's no humor to them. Mm. They're, they're relatively humorless sometimes, yeah, yeah. or they're campy. And I don't want to go either way. Yeah, I, wa- yeah. I I i am not afraid to be serious and i'm not afraid you know you know i consider myself a student of joss whedon yeah and kevin smith do a lesson. extent uh, he he's, does he's, it as well he does yeah his, his gets very serious dogma yeah. gets has a poop monster and then two minutes later has you know ben affleck going to matt damon you know you lost the faith you know yeah. it's i mean it's it's it it's not both. it's
1: not always comedy it's so funny because dogma is like the biggest of the two extremes as far as his movies go because like you look at uh look at clerks 2 and that has both very very funny parts and very very poignant parts. i would
0: say i would say clerks 2 is even more extreme in terms of it has a dance number and a part that makes that's me true. cry
1: but like poop monster
0: dance number
1: yeah that's true you're right though yeah you know you know pussy troll i mean it's, it
0: has it the, the dance number is the one that's the that's most like really it's out, just yeah. really silly really out there yeah. super silly or or donkey show yeah
1: <laughs> you know you know who does it and you might disagree with me on this but someone i really dig who's really kind of getting uh, what am i saying here just have, has been who is it um judd apatow, judd apatow yeah, yeah i knew what you were gonna say but you know and i'm you just like trying to do this huge here's grandiose the, here's introduction. the prologue the prologue
0: to the prologue <laughs> to the end track
1: <laughs> but he does it as well um but in a much more subtle way and that's kind of what i was trying to emulate with kidney beans is the extremes aren't as great yeah but he both goes from dick jokes Oh, I, I, I would say, match.
0: well, let, let me, let me be clear. kidney beans. I, there's nothing in kidney beans that is remotely crass.
1: Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that, that's true.
0: That it, it would only be crass if you were watching it with your mom. Yeah. Um, like there's, which t-
1: I did. I watched it with my parents and my fiance's you, you t- parents. You, you talk
0: about pooing green. Lots of poo. You say the word not lots of poo. No, like one conversation about poo <laughs> once.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Um, you have like three curse words, and the guy throws yeah. up twice, but that's for drama.
1: Yeah, you and the, I counted them. There's five F words. Yeah, Ooh. and I'm, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, why? But why? It's like I cut them. Yeah, right. No, no. For you, I would cut them down to
0: one. Yeah, to C- one F word, huh? Yeah, you can get a PG-13 with one. That's true. as long as it's not used in a sexual context. Yeah, exactly. And have you, none you ever of seen the, Have you ever seen the beginning of of Be Cool? No, no, I never have. The sequel to Get Shorty. Yeah. There's nothing about the movie that's very good except this. <laughs> it's Chili Palmer. Uh, John Travolta's character is talking about why he got out of the movie business. And he said, you know what the problem is with movies? You can only say the F word one time to get a PG-13. If you say it more than one time, then you get an R. <laughs> and when, as soon as I heard that, you know what I said? Fuck that. <laughs> and that's the only time he says it the whole movie at the movie's PG-13 <laughs> that's funny and yeah it's it a good bit yeah it's a really funny bit <laughs> um, it's so in uh, <laughs> speaking of extreme movies by the way I just saw uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas I haven't seen it yet it's so ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous um and i wish i had seen it in 3d because yeah. it is a movie that should be seen in three i'm sure but I'm sure. it's still it's not it's still really funny and neil patrick harris is my favorite person oh in the world. he's fantastic it's my fa- he's my favorite person <laughs> in the world um uh but okay so so ultimately you got to see my failure as a, <laughs> as, a, as, a as a first-time filmmaker i mean I, I i've gone past being embarrassed by it
1: Yes. Yeah. well i'm just glad i didn't bring any of my stuff from school Oh, I think it's probably it. for the best. I'd love to see it sometime,
0: <laughs> man. Um, but uh, on to bigger and brighter things. Hopefully. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, this is our little mini film school. Yeah. It, like, like what we do, what the process is. Yeah. Um, I think we'll post this on both. I'll make this one of the double things Ninjas versus You yeah. and this, and just. You know, why not? Yeah. What, pop off? You know,
1: what's kind of fitting about this is this was this not was, for
0: me. The, the podcast is not over. Yeah. Keep there. will be more. Off. There will be more.
1: What's kind of fitting about this is this was actually our first idea when we wanted to yeah. do a podcast together. This is our first idea for a podcast and we finally got to do it. Well, I'm really glad, man. I've, I have enjoyed. I've enjoyed this, yeah, man. This, this has one. been awesome. Yeah.
0: This has been this has been uh, an almost an unlikely pairing. Yeah, you're right. Um, and and it's it's worked so well. And, I think and so too. I I the I mean we really just did two series. Ultimately, we did uh, Avengers and Star Wars. Do we do anything else? No, we did. I mean it was what it was like twelve or thirteen. Podcasts. Christmas one we did. The Christmas uh, yeah, the Christmas one, one was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and it was fun, dude. And I'm 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 sad to see this this section come to a close, but I'm glad that you're going to still be in the family and on the network. Heck yeah, I'm so, excited So about what's it. the name of the new podcast? Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood. And uh, and we're going to record a promo. It's going to be really silly. <laughs> where you're going to hear it later, if you got this far on this podcast, it's going to be like, like, hey, RJ from the Pop-Off podcast. I heard you have a new Pop-Off podcast.
1: Yeah, I do. It's going to be great. It's Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood. Tell them when it starts, Justin. It's going to start on, I hope that you get to tune in for it. You need to get a different actor to like voice actor to come in and fill that spot in. It's gonna start on
0: March 22nd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like when you watch, you ever watch uh, Univision or, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. where they're they're like, I can't do Spanish. This is not me being in any way like, like (laughs) racist, but but like, like uh, to me, I don't understand. So it's like, blah, 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 blah. That's all I understand, but Uh I just hear blah, 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 Batman returns, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. blah. That was like, yeah, oh blah, 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 Indiana Jones and the <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, oh, we did that too, didn't we? Yeah, you're right. That was a quick one. That was a good one. though. That was a good um, one so uh so, onward and upward, man, congratulations uh, to this new chapter in your life. thank dude. you, sir, and thanks it's for huge. letting me
1: uh, do this podcast it 's been awesome.
0: well, uh, we will all hear from you uh, in March then. Yeah. and i can 't wait to um, listen to your adventures sweet and you can find them here on the Nlight podcast network at endlightpodcast.com, where you can uh, where you can hear trek off the uh, the Star Trek podcast pop off, which is not usually like this, but is really more of a sort of a funny pop culture movie review podcast um and uh and those and ninjas versus you which is all about the upcoming ninjas versus monsters um as well as uh as the upcoming
1: garrett and rj go hollywood
0: um which is going to be coming in march so uh i'm justin and i'm rj and for the very last time rj go ahead and say it pop off The Pop-Off Podcast is a production of the Endlight Podcast Network, which is part of Endlight Entertainment, home of Ninjas vs. Zombies, Ninjas vs. Vampires, Ninjas vs. Monsters, the Ninjas vs. You Podcast, the Trek-Off Podcast, the Pop-Off Podcast, the Hot Mess Podcast, the Suckcast Podcast. You can also find Azure Entertainment's Ninjas vs. Zombies comic and their Ninjas vs. Werewolves comic book in comic stores near you. You can check out all of this at endlightentertainment.com and for all the fun, free podcasts podcast you can listen to search epn on itunes or go to endlightpodcast.com and subscribe check out our facebook page check out our twitter feed at @NinjaDirector. ninja director and please come listen more to pop off the next time we're on bye